you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast is an iTunes juggernaut. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room loaded up with heroes. Yeah. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh. You, you can even tell by the tone of your voice that we're taping this early in the morning. It's kind of like an... In NPR, Dan Hansis. Well, you got your morning glasses on. I mean, it truly yeah, looks like you. Yeah. Got my coffee, coffee. mug. It looks like, it looks like uh, Father's Day morning with you. You might as well come in with one of those robes that you <laughs> talk about. You love your bathrooms, right? I did join the you know group of humans that wear bathrooms. I think it's a big step in anyone's life if they're going to take it. Just a few months ago, and yeah, it's a life change. A step in which direction? You're Close like a, to the grave, but a comfortable <laughs> step. You're like a 1950s sitcom father. <laughs> it's it's domesticated, but I don't think that's a bad thing. No, and it's you don't you don't wear it every day. Certainly, there's only certain times it's gonna really come in handy. But when it when it does, you're feeling. I'm great. fighting that with every fiber in are, my being. There will be no bathrobes in my household. Are you? I mean, it's the same logic of why you put on gym shorts when you get home. You just like do the most comfortable thing possible. Who cares what it looks like? Are you? I don't know if I want the answer to this question, but is there anything under this robe when you're walking around the house? Depends. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Oh, surprise, a grab bag. <laughs> not not <laughs> for us. <laughs> not for us. This is the uh, Around the NFL podcast driven, of course, by Hyundai. And uh, this is the show that Chris Wessling circles on his calendar every year. In fact, this is a day in the life of Chris Wessling. Every New Year's Eve, he goes out to the, the local uh, Rite Aid or maybe a Hallmark store, and uh, he picks up a new calendar. Usually, for whatever reason, it's about it's one of, it's a horse themed calendar. Sure, he loves all different kinds of horses, and he go he <laughs> immediately flips the page to late April, right around April twentieth, and circles what he believes will be the schedule release day. Because Wes loves our 2017 schedule release podcast. It's my own fault. Every year I forget to plan my vacation on this day. <laughs> I would have thought if well, you, you know, were. Yeah, it's the week before the draft usually. You never know exactly what day it is, but it's exciting. I mean, we already know every single opponent home and away, but we don't know the order of it, Wes. And that's why it's the schedule release spectacular. So we haven't told Wes this, but we decided to do something different. We're actually going to go through each week 
each game in order. Love it. Because if people, in case they don't have access to the internet, they're just using this podcast to find out the schedule. They can take notes at home. Exactly. We'll go in. We'll have them covered. And by, no other show will be doing this. And by we, that's the second surprise. Uh, Mark, Greg, and myself are going to head over to the Cozy for a little early morning drinking, and you're going <laughs> to do the show yourself. You're going to need a new leadoff hitter for tonight because I won't be finished in time for the game. <laughs> anyway, so yes, uh, despite Wes's reservations about this annual show, there are people out there, and maybe you listening right now, that you're very excited uh, about the release of the 2017 schedule, which dropped at um, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Is it? Sometime this afternoon. You're right. Yes, that's where yeah. I got it. And uh, I always – I for, this is the first year in a long time where I didn't, you know, race to find the Jets because, again, you know what's going on with me as a Jets fan. I'm kind of pumped about 3-13, and 13, so the, there's no excitement on the schedule, and I know they're not going to get a ton of primetime games. But if you are a, a, a fan of a team that's relevant, this is your first chance matters to, to look at day. the schedule. If you're a yeah. fan that likes to travel – uh, and and travel with the team on uh, for road games. You get to start uh, figuring out some game plans, and um, and we get to start digging in on. Uh, we're one step closer to football. Right, and that's the sell. If you have, <laughs> well, it's fun to know the first weekend of games. Like, what are the big games going to be that week? And you start kind of getting ready for that. Like, if you're a, a family that plans an annual party around the Thursday night Jaguars-Titans game every year, you can start getting ready. Or, or maybe or, or, you, or you can't, can't this year. Yeah. That's what's called a team. All of this makes <laughs> sense. I am on board with it. Look, you want you want to race to the schedule and find out your road trips, plan all that, put a W and L next to every team on your schedule. I get all of that. Just don't ask me to analyze it five months. There's no analysis necessary. <laughs> Just enjoy the schedule being released. All right. We I, can do I that. agree with that philosophy largely. You know, let's talk about it, guys. Let's start talking about the schedule. <laughs> because we also have a special guest, I should say, at the end of the show. Our eye is still now on the draft, uh, and we have a, a special uh, a draft expert. We had one yesterday. We're going to have another one at the end of the show. I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, Being expert, we'll use that term loosely. Hey, he's someone that watches college football. True. And some say has an eye. He's got a mouth on him, too. <laughs> <laughs> Many would – the, the the latter part of your statement would be true by all. Um, so <laughs> we'll get to that at the end of the show. But let's, let's talk – how do we want to dig in? Do we want to start by – Game by game, week one, game one. <laughs> game. Well, we actually will do. Why don't we All do right. that? The first game. Alphabetical. Atlanta <laughs> Falcons schedule. Week one. <laughs> the first game of the 2017 NFL season. Of course, as you know, if you know how this all works, the defending Super Bowl champion plays week one at home unless the Baltimore Orioles do not want you to, to use their parking lot. <laughs> right. Uh, but if you are a defending that. champion, you do start at home. So we will be again at Gillette Stadium for the first game on Thursday night. And the and the sacrificial lamb this season, none other than the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome to the Throne of Ease, picking up right away week one Thursday night. 31 to 14, and away we fly. <laughs> I mean, what, what, who did you want? Who was coming to New England that would have been a tougher matchup? They, they're a good team. They're a playoff type of team. I'm not excited for this. I think we have Ron Rivera to blame for this. Why? Because Ron Rivera at the league meetings reportedly complained and said it really was unfair, he thought, for the Panthers to have to go to Denver last year and play a rematch of the Super Bowl in week one. And the committee really listened to that. They, he, th he thought it was kind of hanging over them all you know, offseason. They wanted to start anew. It, just, it wasn't fair to do that right again. So they decided not to have the Falcons do it because of that. Well, all right. That's fine. But I, I, I think if you, you're saying who would you want, a Super Bowl rematch would be the appropriate way to kick off the season. And in, in the Chiefs, nice team in the AFC. They've got an unbelievable amount of primetime games. There's a lot of stock being put in them this year. But... If you're not going to go Super Bowl rematch, whatever else you come up with is second rate compared to that. Well, I'll counter with 
I never was a big fan of the Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, and I'm I do think either. it's you're taking one of the best teams or the best team in the NFC the prior season, and you're putting them in a really tough spot on the road where the other team's lifting, they're raising their banner. And I kind of like the idea of the new season being a totally fresh start that's not connected to the last season. Uh, so to me, that never felt like a tradition that I needed to always be around. I feel like I we're, coddling, we're coddling the Falcons or fill-in-the-blank Super Bowl loser just a little a great, bit in that situation. Soft. You know what? No I'm soft. just saying, give me a great game. Is this, is this a great game? Does Chiefs no, Patriots that's why they didn't get it right. That's the thing. I think that there be. feels I mean, a little tired. What's a better option? Well, I gave you one. I gave you mine, but it's not. Apparently, Ron Rivera well, they doesn't couldn't, agree. You know, two teams I like that are on their home schedule, and they never think out of the box. They don't project because the Panthers and Chargers are both coming off bad seasons. But those are two exciting teams, in my mind, with exciting quarterbacks that I, I would be more intrigued by in week one. They probably didn't want to risk it with Cam Newton's injury, right, I don't perhaps. Think they, they didn't want to see Derek Anderson versus Tom Brady. Right. What about or, the Steelers? I mean, I, I feel like we've seen that a thousand that's times. In, that's in Pittsburgh this year. Well, but they could have. You, oh, it had to be in Pittsburgh. I've got no issue with this matchup, and I'm in favor of giving the Chiefs a loss to start the season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you mentioned the primetime games for the Chiefs. We might as well mention that now. They have a maximum six games of primetime. Who? The, Ch- the Kansas City More Chiefs. than the Patriots, more than anyone. I it I The minute I went through this more last night. More than the night, Patriots and Raiders. They'll probably get, you moved, guys. They'll get moved into a flex, perhaps. They kind of leave an extra spot for the Cowboys right. and Patriots sometimes. But, yeah, it's a little crazy. What? The Chiefs are in This is times. on my radar because I think they do this every year where they try to find one team that they project to be this hot team and the Chiefs are the Chiefs they're a nice team but I don't need to see them six times in prime time I once watched a Monday night football game with Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith and Alex Smith spent the entire game throwing short of the sticks where you're gonna have a lot of Alex Smith a lot of Tyree Kill a lot of Travis Kelsey in your life not only six primetime games but five in the first half of the season so by the time you get to November you're gonna have seen the Chiefs Five times in prime time. Part of it is just because the AFC West has a great schedule. They're playing the NFC East. They're playing each other. There's a lot of good teams. That that's that's part. Greg's of it. excited, by the way, about the schedule release. Have you noticed? Yeah, oh yeah. Of his well, we need an anchor on that <laughs> yeah. side of the spectrum. We've got uh, we've got one on the other side. That's fair. Who was the team that we kept seeing over and over again last year in the first eight weeks? Was of it the Texans? I think it was. There was a team that kept on popping up last year. But just just so you know. So you got, yes, the Chiefs have all these prime time at New England week one. Then they are at or home to Washington Monday night week four. Then the next week they are at Houston on Sunday night football. Two weeks after that, they're at Oakland on Thursday night football. The following Monday night football, they are against the Denver Broncos. And then if you take it then, so that is all through the first seven or eight weeks. And then they play the Chargers on a Saturday night, uh, December 16th. That that's pretty intense. Uh, you might you know who you're thinking of? I think Chris was the Bears. There's a lot of Bears. oh yeah, there well, was and Bears. that was a major issue. Bears and league. Texans. And I under the thing was here's the difference: the Chiefs. There's reason to make an argument for this. Kind Individually, of all those games make sense. Maybe the Texans one isn't too. But the Bears last year made no sense. There are, if you look at the primetime schedule early on, I think there are a few games that don't make a whole lot of sense. We can get into that when we want. Um, and since we're on the topic of the Patriots, uh, Greg, your thoughts on their schedule. At least uh, we got mm. KC at New Orleans, home to Houston, home to Carolina, at Tampa, at Jets, home to Falcons. They do get the Falcons uh, on October 22nd. Sunday night football, that's cool. Home to Chargers by at Denver. And, at you know, that's a tough one. You're coming out of your bye, and you got at Denver and then at Oakland in Mexico City. Well, but I think uh, that's an advantage relatively that they get to play Oakland in Mexico City. I If I'm the Raiders, I hate that, that you're giving up a home game when you have your biggest game of the season. So if you're a Raiders fan, not only are you losing your team, you're losing your best game of the season. And you're if you're Jack Del Rio, you're annoyed because that's the game you want to win the most all season if they're in the mix and well, they have to play a neutral site. But what an interesting team because by November 19th, let's say that things don't go right for the Raiders, what's happening in the black hole? I mean, maybe it's not the – maybe there is not Fair. the same feeling of a home team as you would another year. Derek Carr, if you're listening, Mark meant interesting in a very positive way. Yes. That what a great home field advantage the Oakland Raiders have playing at that facility. Strong team, with great loyal fans that will surely follow them to Absolutely. Las Vegas. I'm sc- Can we I'm get a little mind. ding, Sydney, <laughs> for whenever we do this? We should have, yeah, we should have a 
Here's a quirk. Like a there you go. Song or something. Here's a quirk uh, in the Patriots schedule that I, I'm I just uncovered. You know what? I'm gonna break this as the ATN uh, media insider. Here's an exclusive from uh, the ATN media insider. The Patriots have from October 30th to December 24th a single home game. That's interesting. That is. That's you don't find that too often. Yeah, they they are one. one. Of- I, I'm not sure the total number. I know the Eagles have a three-game road trip at one point, and the Patriots uh, also have a three-game road trip in December. I believe the Eagles one is in December as well. So they they will want to get to that portion of the schedule with some some wins. Well, and, and, includes- and, and the last one is at Pittsburgh, so, which could be a very big game in Week 15. That includes back-to-back trips to Denver and Mexico City. Talk about spanning the globe. You're, you're far from Foxborough. That also, I mean – Wes, break down the altitude issues the Patriots could face in back-to-back weeks. That is – this might be the the best door you've ever broken, Dan. I'm impressed. <laughs> you are all over the Patriots' schedule. I would not have noticed that they go nearly two months without – with just one home game. It, Thank you, Wes. The altitude is a factor. It's weird because Football Outsiders, who does a great job, did, boys. did a strength of schedule, you know, rankings – and I don't really buy into the strength of schedule in general, certainly not just looking at wins and losses from last year, which we sometimes put up on the site. But they, you know, they factor a lot of things in. They had the Patriots as the easiest schedule in the entire league. You know, when I look at this, but they don't that easy. Well, they don't have this. They don't have the order. The order suddenly looks challenging. Yeah, part of it. Part of it is just they're in the AFC East. And I think the other three teams in the AFC East. They're not looking at as great teams. Also, the Patriots they, have the easiest schedule in the league. According, according to, to Football Outsiders, yes. Well, they What's don't have here? to play against the Patriots. Right. Why are we even here? <laughs> they, by the way, I looked at the schedule, 14-2. and two. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe 12-4, and four, somewhere gonna, in that range. See, the Football Outsiders isn't ranking the NFC South as a, as a tough division, which is who the Patriots play out of division. I think that's going to be a tough division to go against. Um, are you – because you were really – you were on that hill with uh, with the the White House visit yesterday. You were pounding the table that there was nothing wrong with the turnout, and then there was the Patriots got all oh in a tiff and started. What are we out talking about? I'm almost tweets. embarrassed to contribute to this conversation. Shut up! Like what what is happening? Important things are happening in the world, and people are getting so fired up about these pictures. It, you know, including me yesterday. It's insane. I, All right. I mean, Don't you think? We're, we're, we're touching some wires here. We're hitting the third rail with you on this, Greg, for whatever reason. <laughs> third rail. <laughs> yeah, you just get it. You're upset about the White House visit. A little more upset than Greg, I thought you would be. I mean, Greg wishes there were fewer players. I said there was up. fewer. I just He's am, just saying historically there are seasons where. I, I'm just saying if sometimes like we're, we're in this climate where we want to make everything a huge point. And like the reality is, there was twenty five people there in two thousand five and thirty four and two. Like, so who cares? Why are we back on like this we we pick up we pick up things we want to get outraged by that we never would have ever cared about ever before. That's what I mean. Okay, that's good. Throwing myself under the bus. By the way, the Should we talk the rest of week one primetime? Yeah, let's do that. The re- the rest of week one primetime schedule. And again, if you are just tuning in, this is the 2017 schedule release extravaganza. For those of you suddenly clicking <laughs> randomly 13 minutes into the show and not listening to the early part. It's not the same model as, you know, the radio. In okay. that sense. Well, and if you watch right. us streaming on NFL.com and we'll have the link on our, our Twitter right. site well, later, say- you'll see Dan raising his hand. <laughs> Dan bringing 50% extra. I'm bringing 50% extra to make up for the fact that Wes is bringing nothing to this show. <laughs> You know, that was a joke. It was a joke that he doesn't like you know the show. What? The West didn't like that, though. It was, you're, it was you're funny. Getting, you're getting early morning Greg here. <laughs> it was funny. You know. All right, the rest of the primetime schedule. Uh, Casey achieved, uh, at Pats on Thursday night. Then um, Sunday night football. <laughs> Mark, I know this is on your radar. The Giants at the Cowboys, the first uh. Sunday night game, uh, September 10th. 
um, which you can usually count on almost always a Giants-Cowboys game on Sunday Night Football. They get it out of the way. It was actually, if I recall, two years ago. It was. It was the the game where Romo and Witten had that big comeback where Eli mismanaged the clock and the Giants blew the game in Dallas. They're back in Dallas on Sunday Night Football for Al, Chris, and Michelle. I can't kill it. I, I get why it's there. The Dallas Cowboys were one of my favorite teams to watch last year. I, I think that the new version of the Cowboys I can get behind. I will say one thing. I looked at the schedule from top to bottom. This looks just like last year's schedule to me mostly. It's the same exact teams doing the same things. Proceed. I would say that this was a smart move by the NFL to put the Giants on Sunday Night Football in week one before Eli Manning gets pulled for Geno Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what? Wes coming back strong. <laughs> He's back, baby. All right, moving on. Let's now look at Monday night. Uh, that's September 11th. Uh, Saints at Vikings. And then the double. Greg, you love the doubleheader. I like the doubleheader. I think we should do it. I would approve doing it in a different week. Mm. Yeah. Like, I like, like week one so great that it's almost like by then you're almost not fully appreciating getting that doubleheader. Just throw a Randall doubleheader in week four. Chargers at Broncos. That's a good late game, though. Those are two fun Monday night games. I feel like we're always stuck with the 49ers and Chris Berman, and we're going to have oh neither my this year. They got off that. Well, wait till we get to week two. <laughs> well, those, are, those are good. Saints, Vikings, You're going to get your candy. <laughs> You're going to get your candy? Why? What's happening? <laughs> You're going to get what you want if you want the Niners on prime time. Somehow that happened. You'll see. All right. Let's check out week two. You get Now that I'm curious. I think it's actually week three. Week three. The week two, by the way, the – and this is actually, you know, what we should talk about now Thursday night football, because I think this is a big year for Thursday night football. Uh, they really got on society's radar with all the bad games. So I'm curious if they took note of that and maybe put in front loaded the thing a little bit to help with buzz. Mark, you you did a deep dive of the TNF sked. What do we got? I think it's a challenging task because they're they probably have to put a lot of teams on that. You're just never going to never going to get on SNF and Monday night football. In After that Chiefs-Patriots matchup, you get, in week two, Texans at Bengals. If you really enjoyed that 12-10 to 10 Tom Savage versus Andy Dalton slobber knocker, one of the double wor- down on one it, One of baby. the worst games of the year. Then we get to where I'm on. Week three, we're getting Rams at, at 49ers. Oh. Okay? Which, I come on. I, That's it, surprising. There, there are some interesting things happening with those teams. We'll see where they but are. Let's be real. The, part of the reason is, like, the CBS television schedule. These are NFL Network-only games, and we would love it if those were the best games of the year. Right. But the reality is when it's on CBS, they get the, the more primetime teams. Yeah, and last year, for those of us who were complaining about the Bears early on, well, you get a helping of the Bears in week four. Bears at Jeez. Packers. At they, Packers. They, at, they're doing it again. You got to at least send them to Soldier Field if you're going to do this type of game. Not that's how the schedule works, <laughs> but they're falling down the same. They did not learn from last year. They should have. That's why I'm saying that a, a lot of the same stuff that happened last year. I'm seeing the same algorithms all over again. I do think weeks five and week six are very interesting. You get the Patriots at the Bucks in week that's five. Good. That's interesting. It's a new team in prime time. A weird matchup. You don't in see Bucks Patriots in Tampa Bay. I like that. Week six, Carson Wentz and the Eagles go to Carolina. A lot of players still healthy at that point in the year. Hopefully, that's that's an interesting matchup. Okay, the, and you know what? That is the Amazon game, uh, the new partnership. CBS it will be on CBS, NFL Network, and Amazon. So that's good. The f- week five and six, I'm, I'm, I'm that's juicy. Jazz a little bit, and then where we go from there? Oh, look at that! I like week seven too. Yeah, week seven. I mean, I'm a little, I'm already a little exhausted with the Chiefs, but you get Chiefs <laughs> at Raiders. That's a good matchup on paper. Week eight. Dolphins at Ravens. Mm. I like the Dolphins last year. We'll see what happens to them this year. That's not terrible. Mm. Bills at Jets. That could be torture for you. Who knows what that That's will be for you, Dan? Game. There, there oh used to be God. a rule that every team ended up being on Thursday Night Football. That rule is no longer true. You notice the Browns literally do not have a primetime game. This the Browns season. and the Jaguars, scanning this, look like the two teams that don't. Mm. Smart. And Well, I, get why, <laughs> it is, I guess it is smart, and they have to earn it. I get all that. But for the fans of terrible teams – it is a treat once a year to watch a team in primetime. Not for Wes and other people, but it is for me. And you look at your schedule if you're a bad team up and down, and it is a long slate of 1 p.m. games. It is an unbelievably bland vanilla well, slate. You, you know what they feel like they're checking the national box for the Browns is they have the London game in the 9.30 a.m. solo window, and that's that's their closest thing they get to a primetime yeah. game is we're going to be up at 6.30 in the morning 
uh, watching that game, and they'll they'll be the only team playing. I get you know what they're a, doing. You know, it's a better treat for the fans. Win some games. Provide some entertainment. Right. Believe I, me, I you're not you're not that. you're not in a silo with that commentary. I'd like to see <laughs> them win some games too. Right. I don't think you can blame the schedule makers when your GM is putting bad teams. But on I you. now that I'm now that the schedule's unfolding a little bit, I see on Thursday night what they're doing. They knock out two bad, boring teams early. They take like the Bills and Jets, two more boring teams. Just have them square off. You lose that week basically, but now you're ticking off more bad teams. So I think they have maybe. <laughs> Sell it, baby. It. Here's the question. They made some moves to try to address Thursday a little Here's bit. Here's the question. If you don't need to put teams in prime time, if you can take the Jags and the Browns away, why are some? Why are the Bears on prime time? I can't answer that for you. So it's it, it's Chicago. a big, big market. Sure, I guess. But, but but they're no better of a team. That's why but, the Jets are you. playing on Thursday night also. Here's what did happen last year, though. The schedule, it got killed early and it did get better. And you can see some of that happening. Because when we get past that Bills-Jets game, Week 10, Seahawks at Cardinals. If the Cardinals bounce back, that's good. Here's the one I think is fantastic, Week 11. I like weird games. Titans at Steelers. Yes. That's interesting. <laughs> and they must have enough faith in the Titans to put them against a proven opponent that should, West, be a, week 11. that should be a wild game. West, West threw up both hands in the air. West is all in on the Titans again. I love it. Well, they played a great Monday They're night like game a teams. few years ago, yeah. actually. Remember it's that? Dick that's LeBeau's it. return to Pittsburgh. Not not that that's the reason you're tuning in necessarily. Let's hope Roethlisberger is playing in this game. But, yes, the, that's another good one. The schedule is better. You're, worry, you're better. worried that he might retire by then? <laughs> either, either fake a retirement uh, or, you know, have a heel injury that costs him three games. Goes from there. We'll get to the end of this. Giants at Redskins week 12. Solid. Redskins again at, well, I don't know, Sunday night, the late game, is that TNF, the late game on Thanksgiving, or is that SNF? That's, that's NBC. That's different. Okay, so let's let's ignore that. We'll do Thanksgiving next. Week 14, Saints at Falcons. Uh, that's a Greg favorite, and that actually could be interesting. Always the delivers. Saints haven't totally no, that's good. effed up at that point. There'll be a shootout. Broncos at Colts, week 15, and then week 16, this is a Saturday game, which they did they spin that as TNF? I was trying to no. look at this thing. Well, then forget that one. Actually, no, they do. Yeah, like Saturday. Saturday. I thought one of those one get of TNF. That's Thursday night football on Saturday. Right, yeah. so I think that one is Vikings at Green Bay, which that. has had That's ramifications. The, NBC game. the Colts and Ravens is the NFL Colts network. Colts at Ravens. So I did a pristine job giving you more information, <laughs> games that are not even Thursday night games. So. Um, it's a better Thursday night schedule. It starts, starts off a little soft, and that's where maybe I think they've made a mistake because it's going to put them in danger of getting that scrutiny. But then it looks like the schedule, you know, how, how these teams will actually turn out to be. Uh, that's what we're not going to analyze. That what, that's what's on Wes's radar. But f- on paper right now, they look like good matchups for the back half of the season. I, I agree. And while we're down here, should we talk this this Christmas schedule? Because well, let's do holidays. Let's let's hit let's hit Thanksgiving, right. and then we'll get to Christmas. Start with Thanksgiving. Uh, Vikings at Detroit, the uh, customary game in Detroit. I'll, that's all right. It's fine. It, you know. I'll be covering that before there's tearing into a there's massive some potential okay. there's some potential for both of those teams to be uh, mediocre and that not be uh, spicy. You know, Vikings are hardly a, a guarantee that 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 they're going to bring the juice there. Right, I'm with you on that. And then they have uh, the L.A. Chargers traveling to Jarrow World to face the Cowboys. That's the the middle game on CBS. Oh, those frisky Chargers! You know, the Chargers fun. And then this is true for most of the AFC West. Their schedule. They're going to be on TV a lot. Their schedule is very intriguing. I think it's because they play the NFC East, essentially, and just that division is intriguing. They're yeah. they're all over the place. And then uh, if you're like me and you grew up loving the NFC East, you always love to see the Giants and the Skins at Washington at FedEx Field. Uh, so that is the Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving night game, which I don't remember the Giants ever playing on Thanksgiving night. Uh, no. It's very new. Yeah, so uh, that is – that's one the that got leaked th- out on Twitter, by the way. You know, we start we're, we're early in the day. You start to see leaks. Yeah, that one's already out there being whispered about. A lot of giants. No surprise. We get oh, them in prime Christmas. time the first two, two weeks. Ugh. Let's uh, do a little Christmas. All right, go ahead, Greg. Talk a little Christmas, baby. Well, you noticed, Mark, that the schedule is very similar this year, because we're gonna be. It's a football Sunday on Christmas Eve. Technically, last year it was Saturday, but we basically just pretended it was a football Sunday on Christmas Eve. So it's a really interesting schedule this year. The the thing that's a little different, you get double Saturday night games that week. On So you have a, a Colts, Ravens, and Vikings, Packers. Our families are going to love us. Then you get a full <laughs> football Sunday with no night game on Christmas Eve. 
and then you get a double header on Christmas again. Very unrewarding if you are the son or daughter of an NFL reporter. <laughs> Is Daddy ever coming back? <laughs> That's rough. We just did this. I mean. <laughs> Do we get banged by a leap year or something? What happened? Again, no, I'm telling you, this is last year's schedule it just sense. reprinted. It really is. <laughs> it makes Steelers. sense because the calendar only moves one day over. Last year, we, we just kind of pretended football Sunday was on Saturday. Now it actually is I on Sunday. I feel like Sunday. you secretly love this <laughs> a dynamic a little it. bit. I'm just saying it happens. It it's going to happen every five years, basically. We'll get or, a five or twice. Year, we're going to get a five-year <laughs> break, and then it happens two, two years in a row. I like this idea of the Steelers becoming Christmas's team like the Lions are Thanksgiving's team. Didn't they deliver with that Ravens game last year? That was an excellent game. That was, I think, the game of the year, and it was the highest-rated game in NFL Network history and it, i i thought maybe people weren't watching it because it was on christmas that it got buried a little bit but people had it on and by that happened. time in the day you've opened your gifts you've eaten a ton of food you're just you're ready to watch yeah, some, ready to some football. i think the raiders had one of the and we'll get into did we, we did we say the games oh that's right steelers, steelers <laughs> at texans this that's, one's on amazon pull out your phone while you're with your family that's just steelers texans that's early and then the late game on christmas is oakland at philly um, That's a great game. So that is a nice game, too. Breakout. Ben versus Patrick Mahomes. I like the NFL, and you know the NFL love little Patrick Mahomes. Break out your Santa Philadelphia jokes there for Christmas mm. night. And the NBA hates Tired jokes. I'm sorry. They, are very, they were tired, tired in 1988, joke. and they are even more so now. I think the Raiders got banged with a bad schedule about as much as mm. any team in the NFL, and that play, going to Philly on Christmas night is – Yet another reason why you got to well, what, go. What are the other? What are the other reasons? The Mexico trip. The Mexico trip is a huge one. Uh, you you finish with two road games, including having to play Week 17 at the Chargers on a short week. That's a that, that's annoying to me. I think I think having a road game Christmas night really stinks for your team. I mean, I think the four they, of us, they have families too. You know, the four of us would say that the Raiders deserve better, and they start right. three of four on the road. To spin positively, they are strong enough to overcome this schedule. Greg. Very much so. Can we can we like pile these up? Let's do that. So Wait, we, use one for the next. Yeah. So show, if yeah. we ever do have shows where we don't mention the Raiders, the cachet, and there's some checks and balances, and somebody audits us on this, we say, well, we said seven positive things about them on our show last Monday. Someone open a website chronicling all this, please. Let's <laughs> let's formally document Sid that we did say a second positive thing. Anyway, relationships starting to feel very costly. <laughs> the Ra- so you say the Raiders, you're the Mexico City trip, losing a home game, playing on Christmas night, uh, three of four to start on the road, and three then four clo- to start you on close the road. with two road games. I mean, it. I think the entire AFC West essentially would be on my list of toughest schedules because they have to play each other and they got to play the NFC East and that and that's challenging. They they have a Thursday night game October 19th and then they have to travel across the country and play against uh the Bills I guess 10 days later but that's not great either. Um what else? What else do we want to look? I have at? a cool game to play. All right. Ooh, I like games. Can everyone see week 17? Week 17 has that TBD open slot for the late night NBC game at 8:30. Let's get flexed out. W- Let's look at these games in Week 17 and say which one do you predict gets moved in there? Wes, you love this game. Good game. That's a great game, Mark. Came up with it on the fly. Jets at pass. So it would be one that has to involve two. the AFC East. Well, I think it would have to involve two, or it would be one team has it's a winner in type situation. Clinch. So right. I'm going to go. They left that one extra spot. You noticed how the Raiders were in primetime five times. They they can move a sixth. And how about hmm. that week? 17 Raiders Chargers one or both of those teams I feel like will be playing to win that division I expect that division to be close entertaining all year Raiders come home from their Christmas night game in Philly they're back on TV deciding the division Chargers Raiders they like that. that's a good one they um, NBC loves the loser goes home match right that's what that's I what they're hoping ideally for. is what they want where it basically amounts to a one game playoff or a play in to get into the playoffs I Oh, what's yours, Mark? Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. Mm, yeah, checks division. all the boxes. Mm. Checks out. I'll get. I'll go Carolina Atlanta for the NFC South mm. title. I like that. What was yours, Greg? I went Chiefs Raiders. I mean Chargers Raiders. Sorry. Because I'm I'm on this hill about the Cowboys faltering and the rest of the NFC East will be tight. I'll say Redskins at Giants get flexed into Week Seven. See that? 
There's also a Cardinals Seahawks game. That boy's not even involved. Shots fired. That's just the way I feel. Well, sometimes it could be for a wild card, too, depending on how the divisions fall. Maybe they've run away with the division. I don't think so. But we'll see. I just got a bad feeling about America's team. I don't know why I'm whispering. Uh, anything else that we want to talk about here? I I am curious about, let's see, uh, the Port Falcons, who are probably still shell-shocked. How did, did the NFL treat them okay with their schedule? Uh, looks all right. They got a week five by. They open t- with, oh, no. Open at Chicago, yeah. then home to Green Bay, at Detroit, home to Bills. That's okay getting into your bye. Three road games against Pats, Jets, and Panthers in the middle of the season. Not a, t- not a terrible schedule, it looks like. Don't love a week four bye. Well, one, a, yeah. yeah, I don't like that either. One of the one of the week five. stories week we're five. on the hook to write, the one that I did was the hardest schedules. And uh, Football Outsiders has the Dallas Cowboys, and this really pro- helps prove your point, Dan, mm. as the hardest schedule in the league. And has the rest of the NFC East n- all among the seven hardest schedules in the league. Partly because they have to play each other. We mentioned that they have to play uh, the NFC West out of division. Uh, there's really, and they have to go on the West Coast a couple of times. They have to play the NFC West, which you know, m- mixed, but it has Seattle, Arizona. You never really know who is going to be. With all due respect to Football Outsiders, it's entirely useless. The schedule in April, yes, it's entirely yes. useless to say who's going to have the easiest and toughest schedule. They did show there was something crazy that <laughs> Let's four, talk in four straight years the easiest schedule had made the conference championship, which is great, which seems almost like huh. a coincidence. Or three out of four years, I, I look more at just like when you have to go on the road. And the Eagles were another team that uh, stuck out to me that they start with two road games. I always you always want to start. Well, they start in Washington and Kansas City, and then they have that three-game road swing uh, that I mentioned, where they're on the road three straight weeks, a couple ta- two straight on the West Coast in December. Like, are they just going to stay out here in Los Angeles? Like that? That's a tough way to end the season. Any other uh, before we move on, Greg? You seem to have studied this pretty well. Good job by you. Any oddities? Anything strange about the schedule that jumped out to you? Did we go uh, over the Monday there? night schedule? Hmm. We did not um, hit Monday night. I think the Browns get banged by going to London. Jacksonville, Miami, Rams, they all have London home games. I mean, I, I mean, the, you made the point before the podcast was, I mean, the, the problem with the Browns schedule is they don't get to play the Browns. So every division game. Well, our hard. initial version of this, when they initially sent it out, the Browns did play the Browns. They had to make a correction to the schedule. The Browns actually were playing the Browns. And finally I that, a winnable game. That, well, it finally it sums up what their major opponent is. It, it is themselves. It is not the time they play or the amount of road or home games. It is they've got to get over themselves. Do you think there was some type of the schedule maker sending out some type of ex- existential type message? That's to how City I took Cleveland, it. I mean, listen, you, until you whether you're pl- you got if you're going to play 16 games at 1 p.m., you better learn to thump eight road teams and seven home games and go overseas to London and destroy that team and scatter them too. Otherwise, you don't deserve to be on primetime. I hope I live long enough to see them worthy of a primetime game. <laughs> right. They have never played on Sunday night football that I can remember in my life. And then, I mean, they're going to have an untested quarterback, whoever it is, and you have to start the schedule in Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Or no, going against Pittsburgh and Baltimore I mean, back-to-back well, let's, weeks. Let's, so like, you try to get a win there. Untested. You know, Brock Osweiler did lead – his team to the playoffs last year. Let's not. So let's not count down with the untested thing. <laughs> Guy's battle tested and he's got a ring. Anybody forget about the old SB ring? He, I uh, think some people he wears forgot proudly? about it. Yeah. Not a lot of like tight connection to him in the SB ring. Who calls it an SB ring? Nobody. It was the first time it's ever happened. The rest of the Monday night schedule, Wes, after the first two games we talked about, Detroit at Giants, Dallas at Arizona, Washington at KC. Uh, Vikings at Chicago. Who got banged on the earliest uh, buys, by the way? Nobody likes to get the early buy. It's not good. The earliest round of buys comes in week five. Atlanta, Denver, New Orleans, and Washington. Picking it up week six Monday night. India, Tennessee. You guys will like that game. Oh, yeah. Washington at Philly week seven. Uh, Denver at KC. The day before Halloween, I call it gate night where I'm from. 
What'd you guys call it? Devil's Night? Damage Night? Gate Night? Yeah, we called it Gate Night. What do you? It's a Northeast you... thing. I don't know. I grew up in the Northeast. I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's a, I think it's actually, I, I think we talked about this one. What are you we doing? Did. It's like a New York uh, thing, I think. Like rattling or, gates and like playing tricks? Maybe it's like goes back to the old times where people had gates that you would basically throw toilet paper and a, I don't know, people <laughs> overseas that listen to this. <laughs> I it, never heard of that. They didn't do it in New England? There was no night before Halloween hijinks? Like the bad kids went out no, of I mean, town. Yeah, there is the night trouble. before thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we. I think we called it damage night. <laughs> damage night. Yeah. I remember like Devil's Night or something like that. Although I don't remember participating in it. Devil's Night feels strong. That's feels a little bit like, much. Gate it's night a little bit much. Is a little out there too. Uh, I mean, Sunday night football is a better schedule, <laughs> as always. By the Wait, way, calm down. Just saying. Talking about gate night here now, Greg. <laughs> gate night. Uh, week nine, Monday Night Football, Lions at Packers. That's good. Week ten, Dolphins at Panthers. Uh, <laughs> Falcons at Seahawks. Week eleven, hmm. Texans at Baltimore. Week twelve, that Falcon Seahawks game was really good last year. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati in week thirteen. New England at Miami. Week fourteen. Atlanta at Tampa, week 15. That has potential to be a great game. We have See, the, now you're getting into it. into it. Monday night is that. That's Christmas night in week 16, and then there is no Monday night game in week 17. So, a uh, lot to be excited about. Any final thoughts before we move on? Not many. <laughs> I thought we did a pretty good job at this. Pretty comprehensive. Wes, your, your final thoughts. You got through it, man. You're through it. Now you don't have to worry about this for another 364 days. My final thoughts are I can't wait until these games actually happen in October, November, and December. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Then we'll have some analysis. That's true. Very true. And you get to now go through this entire day of, uh, of people trying to put analysis on this, basically uh, the first takers of the world, oh my God. declaring uh that the Cowboys season is over. <laughs> uh, before it starts, that is all coming uh, to other people, but we're gonna we're we're not gonna get in that. In that no. Mix. no, I don't really think the order affect like kills you too much one way or the other. It's basically just the how the how the formula hits you this year, which divisions you play, in, and we knew all that back in January or two years ago. You're the Cowboys. You think your schedule looks great. Tony Romo goes down right. early, and the whole thing's over. So injuries al not, like know. injuries always make the schedule analysis useless. That's right. why you have to every year. There's three or four teams that are going to be good that people didn't predict in April, and there's three or four teams that are going to be bad that everybody thought was going to be uh, okay to great. And so then New England the wins is. the Super Bowl, so and it's just a it's a bit of a lifeless drama leading up to an obvious conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go, this has been a big week uh, for the Around the NFL podcast. Of course, Wednesday's episode where David and Derek Carr joined us and we brokered a piece, and uh, that was tremendous. And I guess since we're on a roll in you know, that You know, it's also tremendous. The Oakland Raiders, great organization. Wow. <laughs> Stack them. Stack them. <laughs> so – we work things out with Derek. If we could do that, and he's a superstar NFL quarterback, uh, we could check in with another. Uh, well, that Derek's a future Las Vegas native or uh, resident. Might as well check in in the desert. And uh, this is the man on the line now is Chris Wessling's desert consigliere, uh, a controversial figure, no doubt, back after a long extended hiatus from the Around the NFL podcast, a hiatus that, frankly, none of us were sure would ever end, but <laughs> we're, feel, we're feeling good right now. So back on the Around the NFL podcast, Spice Rack. Uh, thanks for having me back, gentlemen. Dan, I want to know why exactly I'm a controversial figure. And Greg, I, wanna, I would like you to explain the little giggle there, please. <laughs> <laughs> Giggle about what? Spice Rack, how do you feel that Greg has replaced you as the number one Melvin Gordon fan in the country? <laughs> I'm well, relieved. Well, let's <laughs> relieved. One thing Anybody with there. any modicum of credibility, I'll take it. All right. Spice Rack's coming in hot. He's taking shots before he's even on the air. All right. So I wasn't taking shots. <laughs> oh, here we I go. think Mark Sessler is unbelievably interesting. I've known Chris Wessling a long time. Very interesting guy. Mark Sessler's on another level. 
far more interesting, which is, <laughs> well, I thought, impossible. I, I appreciate that. On another level, I feel like you're trying to use me as sort of leverage or a pawn to create dissension in the room. That's what's happening, let's right. be honest. And this, there's a reason why, in terms of background, if you're... Mark, incorrect. That's incorrect, Dan. I'm sorry to interrupt. Mark, that's incorrect. In fact, I, am a, I fear you. I fear you. Well, because, that, makes, that makes four uh, of us. Spicy, before we get into you playing a character, can we get some information out of you? Wait, hang on, hang on. Let, let me tee this up, yes. guys. Everybody, and Spicy, please, don't interrupt me, all right? Here we yes, go. Sir. The Spice Rack is a guy that, that has a way. He has the shining with watching college prospects. That's what we've been told. That's what we were sold on. Uh, he came in hot with Melvin Gordon being the next big thing. Uh, didn't quite work out in year one for Gordon. He had a nice bounce back year last year. Uh, and we promised Spice Rack he could come back on the show if Gordon ran for 1,000 yards. He didn't quite get there. 997 before going down with a season-ending injury. Uh, how how angry were you, by the way, Spice Rack, when that happened? It was a uh, roller coaster, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe I mean, it was hilarious. It's amazing, you know. But it was first awful because uh, Gordon is a running back. I do love watching and and root for now for even dif- different reasons than before. Uh, so awful, obviously that he went down, but uh, it was a roller coaster. It was hilarious, and then uh, I took a shot at Mr. F. Bad idea. <laughs> that didn't go well. Yeah, would you like to make a formal apology to Mr. F now that you're on the Around the NFL podcast? I'm sure he's listening. Mr. F being the guy that he is, the stand-up gentleman, he reached out to me privately, and we uh, we hashed it out. Oh, Sounds like great. Mr. F. And, and in your defense, Melvin Gordon, at the moment of that injury, he was – Literally number three in the NFL in yards from scrimmage. Only David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott were ahead of Melvin Gordon at the moment. So you you ultimately were vindicated. He was a very good top ten productive running back and, last season. And that's part of the problem here is because Melvin Gordon, essentially Spice Rack was vindicated on that. Now, that was his prediction of who was going to be big two years ago. Last year when we had him on the show, we could be right now potentially talking about uh, who Spice Rack was big on last year, but it never happened. And just by way of going down memory lane, we got more, uh, less uh, breakdown of people that Spice Rack wanted and more this. You know what? You're doing your filibustering because you lost your confidence because of what happened with Melvin Gordon. Isn't that what it is? Yes or no? I see what you're doing, Hansis, you manipulator. <laughs> you, you're baiting me into picking, you know, Miles Jack or something like that. No, nice well, Rack, really give good. us some we're, football yeah, players. We're baiting you into content. <laughs> <laughs> and it, Because your show is full of content. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing I will say. Spice Rack maybe was, uh, you know, uh, right church, wrong pew there. We, we have plenty of content. Not, a, not all of it's good. But Spice Rack, now your, your feelings a year later, we want to move past that, and we would love to hear from you, uh, Spice Rack, about who you're high on with the draft now one week away. <laughs> a lot of pressure. Oh, right now you're saying. This is it. This Apparently. is it. This is the moment that – You've been waiting for it to have the platform. Hundreds of thousands of listeners all over the world right now want to hear what Brad Bradley Allen Spicer at SpiceRack MD on on Twitter. They want to know what you are excited about in this draft. Who are your top draft prospects? Well, I do have a lot to say about uh, Christian McCaffrey. I feel like he's blown up quite a bit, or I should say even more, the last two or three weeks. Um, But I do want to look at the safety position. So the previous generation featured two of the most unique safeties in Troy Palomalo and Ed Reed. They were – somehow it was a rivalry. They were in the same division. But they – as great as they were, they – they each had different styles. And when I look at uh, uh, Malik Hooker of Ohio State, Jamal Adams, LSU, but Hooker sort of uh, – Ed Reed, I'll tell you right now, is my favorite defensive football player ever, period. Mm-hmm. Game changer, athletic, could return punts in a pinch. Uh, Malik Hooker kind of reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. 
High praise. But, you know, like potentially. You can't you can't really put labels on something like that. But Jamal Adams is definitely more the stalker at the line of scrimmage, the moving chess piece that Palomalu was, rely on instincts and just sort of be a JYD within the first five yards of the line of scrimmage. Junkyard dog? might not be his thing, but... JYD, oh, yeah. what does that stand for? Junkyard dog, baby. I'll have WWF references all day. There you if go. You like. <laughs> and if thump, for, thump. For people that maybe... What what, what makes a, a safety or somebody playing up near the line a junkyard dog? What does that mean? Uh, no, I'm just... The overall tenacity. Okay, just sort of... Uh, I, feel I think really it's just a fun expression. Another but, one uh, bites of dust. Amen, brother. But uh, Troy Palomalu sort of, uh, or I should say Jamal Adams, when you watch him play, you can sort of see him uh, creeping up toward the line of scrimmage near the snap, and then he'll uh, go from one hash to the other, take a guy down at the line of scrimmage, and, uh, the, you know, those instincts are rare. So the, these both those uh, players you believe to be – kind of game-changing talents potentially. Not Ed Reed because there's only one Ed Reed, but in terms of uh, a guy that excites you at the safety position. You're pumped up about both of them. I mean, they could go. They could both go very early. Top six? Uh, it looks like and I say, I, You know, Jamal Adams I feel like could maybe slip just because coverage is everything, as it should be, but I feel like there's still a place for a guy who can – you know, just sort of, uh, you know, lock down that middle of the field, sort of, and also, you know, run to the to the side east sideline and take down ball carriers, like Landon Collins. Uh, yeah, something like that. And he, he's definitely a hitter. I mean, he's definitely a hitter. He wants to take someone's head off. And to, I mean, back to back, Lance Zerline, who we had in here yesterday in his latest mock draft, he has Jamal Adams going to the Jets at six, and then followed immediately by the Chargers taking Malik Hooker at seven. Uh, so these are highly touted safeties, and okay, that was good. I that thought was solid. I thought that spicy in a big spot there delivered sound analysis on two of the top defenders in this class. Big what else you got? Back. I mean, oh. how about on the other side of the ball? Hey, spicy! If you have an area of like expertise, it's got to be Ohio State, right? Yes. So who are you big on with Ohio State? Well, I just gave you Malik Hooker. Okay. Uh, I mean. It, the, Seeing him chase down balls from going from the middle of the field, fifty yards down the sideline is it's impressive. I mean, again, it's, he's not going to be Ed Reed, but uh, that's the guy he he reminds me of. I see like ultimate ceiling, something like that. What about Marshawn Lattimore? Uh, well, so here's the deal. I mean, yeah, he's great. Urban Meyer's recruited like a maniac for the last three or four years. <laughs> Settle down, puppy. <laughs> is that something? Someone in the trunk? Did you just be honest? That is my four-pound chihuahua who I let lick me all over. <laughs> Isolate that. Yeah, save, save that for a sound drop. Did you step on him or something? She'll bark at anything. She'll okay. bark at her own shadow, brother. All right. Um, anyway, back back to Lattimore. I like Gary. Okay, as far as uh, Gary on Conley is the corner from Ohio State that stood out to me most. Mm, interesting. He, look, he just looked the part. Wow. He didn't start a bunch of games, hmm. but – he reminded me when he first got in there of, you know, Bradley Roby or Eli Apple. And I felt like he was a little ahead of both. And I like both of those guys. And I think, uh, you know, they've proven to be good players to Apple only one year. But uh, Gary on Conley, late first, maybe I like a lot from Ohio State. And you brought up Christian McCafferty running back out of Stanford. Is he potentially your new Melvin Gordon, do you believe, highly in Christian McCaffrey coming into the league and making an immediate impact the way you believed Melvin Gordon would? Uh, he, well, he's, he's definitely more complete than Melvin Gordon. The weird thing about Gordon was that I thought for sure he would lead the league in 50-plus yard runs, and I don't think he has one in his you know short career, which right. is shocking. A lot of big, well, really play, lot of big plays last year. He had a couple, at least four. He had a lot. Yeah, a lot of big plays. But over he, did, 20, he didn't spring years. that next level. Yep. Uh, tough to project McCaffrey doing that, but uh, you know he ripped off a lot of wrong runs. I mean his uh, instincts are fantastic, unbelievable punt returner. Uh, no doubt about it, could be a great slot receiver if had he chosen that route. Uh, he's gonna. They're gonna put him in the slot quite a bit in the NFL. All right. He'd be crazy not to. So my... He'd be crazy not to. He's so complete. He's so it's, he is he is bust proof. His frame is uh, you know he's a little small, but he is compact. 
he's, bust he's, proof. he's not going to get broken in half. Bust proof. Reggie Bush, I felt like, had the, the uh, mm. frame to get broken in half. So do you feel like he's got a much higher ceiling than, than Reggie Bush as an NFL player? Hindsight's easy because I remember what I thought of Bush coming out. Mm. But I think McCaffrey is uh, better on the third and one run. Not that he'll be doing it much, but, uh, you know, you see guys like Gio Bernard, fantastic in short yardage. Uh, stealing those easy one, two yards, just putting your head down with strong legs. McCaffrey has that. Bush didn't. Yeah. I'm just soaking this in. It's great knowledge. Spicy, we know you're a big Sam Darnold fan. and That's an understatement. That's an under wow, and Dan is invested in, in scam for Sam this year. Scam for Sam, baby, worth it. it's worth it. It's, it's worth it. Tell me why. Tell me yeah, why, let's, Spicy. Let's hear. USC's coach was getting fired. Clay Helton, his first year, they started another guy over Darnold. Uh, the mighty Trojans were lifeless. Uh, they they had nothing through about four games. Within one possession of Sam Donald's first start, everything changed. They were the second-best team of the country from that point on. They lost their opener to Utah, ran the table after that. Uh, you, 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 uh, some guys, they give off a certain you, – you, you, sometimes it's, 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 it's so easy to see and much harder to describe. A Genuze Qua, sure. if you will. Got it. So he's got, he's got the it factor. One million percent. And daddy's got goosebumps. I mean, well, I like how we are, the, the Jets are going to scam for him like they need to play lesser than their ability. Cleveland would just do what it does and get Sam. No, Cleveland's <laughs> no, going up. No, I ain't going up Cleveland, yet. I'm coming to that corner, going Mark. Up with? No. But I'm not that, staying there long once I get Sammy in no, the building. Sir. Just comparing him, comparing Darnold to other quarterback prospects of the last you know five or six years. Like where would you rank? Where would you rank him? Do you think he's gonna be a better prospect or similar to how Andrew Luck was looked at coming out? He's he's more polished than Luck. More polished. More uh, is as a thrower. More refined. More refined. Mm. I I don't know if he's as sharp as Luck. Luck's Luck's kind of a nerd, you know, in a great way. In a mm. great way. Gotcha. But uh, but Donald's more smooth. I mean, way more smooth. I mean, he's the coolest guy in the room. Everywhere he's been, I think he's a little more charismatic than Luck that way. Luck wins off just by being such a hard worker and sort of like, in a goofy way, charismatic, but not, you know, not sort of like yeah. owning the room presence-wise. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Donald's a more natural passer, I believe. Luck's a much better athlete um, running, but Donald's a hell of an athlete, too. I think he was a like great high school basketball player, could have gone Pac-12. Wow. Well, I'm very excited. Hopefully... Things work out with a nice two and fourteen season. All right, before you go, spicy, and again, uh, the uh, bus proof Christian McCaffrey, Jamal Adams, and Malik Hooker. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. it's McCaffrey. No T in his last name. Come on. Okay, sorry, McCaffrey. Ed McCaffrey's his dad. Son uh, of Ed McCaffrey. Talking? We know. <laughs> I I didn't until right now. That's good. Oh, Ed McCaffrey was McCaffrey. a good bloodline. Player, yeah. Great player. Christian McCaffrey, uh, Jamal Adams, Malik Hooker. Who's the corner you liked? Gary and Conley. There you go. And uh, Gary Conley. Do, do we need, like, one kind of fantasy receiver or running back that's maybe not a top 10, 15 pick? You just give us a name, and this is a guy you're pounding the table that we're tracking so that we know if the spice rack is on top of things. It has to be a receiver? Or a running back. Some, someone fantasy, you know, that you can follow. Or a tight end, I guess. But Well, you, you might not want to hear it, but it's Joe Mixon. Mm. Okay. All no, that, that works. Well, Leading rusher, Samaj Pirine, NCAA's single game all-time rusher or single game rusher, Samaj Pirine. When Joe Mixon left the field for Pirine to get on it, it uh, from a gambler's perspective, you're betting against it. You were relieved. Mm. Mixon's mm. a stud, stud. All right. You, you, you never know. It's not banging the table for him. I wouldn't if I were in the room, but he's a monster. Well done, Spice Rack. Good uh, job. And in, in 30 seconds or less, uh, uh, by way of your, your exit from today's show, uh, it, can you explain or give your opinion on whether the Raiders in Las Vegas will work? Uh, it, it will work. I can't believe it ever made it here. Because, not because of the gambling element, because of the temptation element. 
It's nonstop. It's constant. There are slicksters everywhere. Mm. And I don't worry about opposing teams as much because they'll be watched closely. The, the home team. Mm. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm happy it's here. This is the city I live. I don't, I don't think it's the greatest idea in the world. Mm. Interesting. How are you dealing with the temptations? Oh, I'm doing great, Greg. Doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing, doing well. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Spicy. Greg, Greg, no. Greg, I need to hear you say Titan or Manhattan. <laughs> Something with a T in it. What's going on? Manhattan? No, say it. <laughs> Manhattan. <laughs> Drop the T's. Drop the T's. All right, Spicy. Thank you very much. Good stuff, buddy. All right, Spicy. You did great, bud. That's it. He's gone. He gone. It was good. That was a nice. A I nice... thought he did a great job. I mean, you talk about where we had set the bar and what he delivered. He delivered today. He clearly did his homework. He gets so jacked up. He gets so excited. Well, he cares about it. I mean, he, he by the out. way, I think he, he's with the safeties. You hear more and more about the safeties. We haven't talked about him at all. No. At all. He brought good stuff there. That's good. We haven't talked about a lot of things. Draft Some bold statements, too. I like it. He came strong. He was said Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold. Yep. Uh, bust proof. Christian McCaffrey. That's the one I'm going to hold him to. Mm-hmm. Um, all Greg, right. you're feeling that you're feeling what we're feeling, or you're not feeling? No, it no, so I'm with you. I mean, okay. he he showed a certain level of of guts and sticking to himself in the way that he was correcting Dan's pronunciation. I mean, he, <laughs> he's not a wa- he's not a wallflower. <laughs> no, I thought he did he did he did well, and he he was prepared, which is good to see, and uh, didn't have a total psychotic break this time. So I thought it was a nice a nice appearance. I have a question for you, Dan. Yeah. When you had your experience with Spice Rack in Vegas. Yes. You guys shared a day together. Was he the same personality-wise in person as he is on our show? Uh, he's maybe a little bit more manic on the phone, but I yeah, don't think Yeah, he's a lot more low-key in person. I think maybe it's more because um I was on his turf mm. whereas when he's on the phone and he's trying to make an impact, I think maybe he got a little overexcited. But this time, I think he did a nice job reining it in. Well, you also something happened between the two of you in Vegas <laughs> that you you refused to reveal to us. Maybe you don't even know at this point what it was, but clearly it was there was some nothing. Sort of we had issue. nothing but a great time together. That that is the truth. That is the true story, and uh, I'm sticking to it. Yeah. You stick to that narrative. Kansas is hiding something. It's rare. Um, it's happening. We will be back on Tuesday. Oh, by the way, before I do that, I I should. In fact, I must. Hits you guys up. We just had spicy on. A little draft facts. Oh, yeah. Time now for draft facts. Driven. I said driven by Hyundai. You don't, you don't walk uh, with Hyundai. You, 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 don't, you don't jog. You drive. <laughs> and here's some draft facts. You want some draft facts? You ready? Please. Here we go. I'm going to take you all the way back in the time machine. The 2005 NFL Draft. Did you know that with the 213th pick in the sixth round, the Baltimore Ravens, my God, they took a quarterback who is still active in the league. Don't look at my monitor, Greg. What year? 2005. Okay. Active backup quarterback. Has some history with your Cleveland Browns, Mark. Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson was the 213th pick of the 2005 NFL Draft, and that was Draft Facts driven by Hyundai. Out of Oregon State. Wasn't he the quarterback there right before Matt Moore? Great career. He well, was at Oregon State. Remember, Phil Savage was in Baltimore and had something to do with drafting Derek Anderson, then came over to Cleveland as their GM and helped organize the Week 2. I mean, they, they had him, but they elevated him in Week 2 after uh, – What's his name in Cleveland? Melted down against Pittsburgh in week one, and they traded the Raiders. No, one I, of their other. I mean, that's a tough thing about being a quarterback. You know, if you're a sixth-round safety who, like, made a Pro Bowl and got one big contract and you're still playing after 12 years, that is an A-plus-plus career. And yet, if you bring up Derek Anderson's name, people, you know, make little jokes. Well, I stick by this. Had they just kept <laughs> Derek Anderson <laughs> you know from until now, they'd be better than they are right now. Absolutely. Just keep him the whole time instead of the 88 88- Schmoes they've had since. Schmoes. Yeah, would have saved a lot of up and downs, uh, or mostly downs. Anyway, so there you go. Draft facts. Gotta love them. We'll be back, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. We'll be back. We have three shows next week, and know that. That is draft week. So we'll have an early show on Monday or Tuesday. Then, draft night, the end of round one, we will immediately 
go from the newsroom to the podcast studio and record our recap of the first night of the NFL draft. And then after the draft draft finished, round seven, the moment round seven wraps up and Mr. Irrelevant is picked, we'll head to the studio and record a full draft recap on Saturday night. So you're going to get a little different schedule rollout, but you're getting three shows, including two shows that are immediately recorded after draft, which just it just isn't happening any other any other podcast that traffics in the NFL is a joke. <laughs> All right. Going Trump on us here. In this specific realm. Just in, in, in the fact that we just get up there. We are completists. That's what we do. Like, oh, well, we'll see you on Monday after the draft. Then we'll do our recap. No, no, no. We're doing immediately after the draft. <laughs> Don't hit me with a Trump, Greg. Get on the home team. Come on. That's fair analysis by you, Dan. Not the Trump stuff, but that we will <laughs> be there team, after the draft. I didn't mean it in a... I guess you could only take... Because I know you got boys that have uh, competing podcasts and stuff. Uh, that certainly was not in my my mind. But I just thought I it was care funny. About that. You just were like, any other podcasts? They're a joke. I like it. <laughs> sad. Sad podcasts everywhere. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. This is uh, Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman. The old boss and new money behind the glass. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Till next week. Sessler. Yes. How are you? I like being the most interesting person on that podcast by a mile. Whoa, you're just Shots trying fired. to use me against the others. Shots fired. He's got the energy. He's got the, the Thanks ignition. for calling me boring, friend. <laughs> Save for the pot. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.